morning. Glad you're at Catalyst today. Welcome to each one of you. You know, people are stressed out today. People are stressed out. I think in the past several years, I bet the stress and pressure that you've experienced has increased dramatically over the last couple of years. Earlier this year, I think it was in March, the American Psychological Association did an extensive survey on this topic of, of stress. And one of the things they came up with, among others, and we're going to look at it in a minute, is identifying the top three, okay, the top three sources of stress today. Okay, so this was done earlier this year. Can you guess what the top three sources of stress are today that people from the survey mentioned? Turn to your neighbor, share, share what you think are the top three sources of stress. Okay, well here are the top three sources of stress today. Number one, inflation. Number two, supply chain issues. And I think maybe this is because this is when the baby formula thing was happening, so it was really in people's minds. And then global uncertainty in general, all right? So that's like war, threat of cyber attacks, threat of nuclear war, and all kinds of things happening in the world today. And so those were the, the top three. This was interesting. This is something else they came out with that people were feeling very overwhelmed in this day and age. Okay, go to that slide. 87% have felt over the last several years this constant stream of crises. And that's led to feeling fatigued, fearful, anxious. And of that, 73% said they felt overwhelmed. Overwhelmed by all that's happening, not only in their lives, but in the world today. Okay? This was interesting. They did a survey on money stress, people feeling money stress. And I thought this was interest very interesting because in this, the younger generations felt the stress of money in a much, to a much greater degree. So the 18 to 25, 82% said that money was a major source of stress for them. 26 to 43, 81%. 44 to 57, 68% said money was a source of major stress. 58 to 76 said 43%. And 77 plus only 21% said that money was a source of stress. Although for the two bottom, the two older, 58 through 77 plus, they ranked economy uh, as pretty high as a source of stress, the, the, what's happening in the economy. Brene Brown, she's a noted researcher, sociologist. She said this, she made this quote. We are the most in debt, obese, addicted, and medicated adult cohort in US history. And she said this in 2011, way before all the things that we've experienced these past several years. So our ability 
to handle stress, to deal with stress, to view stress from the right perspective, it's critical today. It's very, very relevant for each and every one of us. And an inability, an inability to handle stress can lead to major problems in a person's life. Major issues such as anxiety, fear, poor health. Many, many health issues are related to stress, fear, anxiety, worry, feeling paralyzed in life. That's why today we are starting a brand new series. And it's called Prospering Under Pressure. How can we actually not just survive, but prosper amidst stress and pressure? How can we, how can we do that? So we're going to look at that, and it's focused on the book of Colossians. So we're going to look at the book of Colossians, and, and I really believe the Lord's going to use this book, this series, to really help us, speak to us, to empower us to deal more effectively with the pressures and stresses we all experience. Now let me give you a little background to the book of Colossians. Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul to a people who were under tremendous stress. The Colossians were facing tremendous pressure because at that time, Christians were undergoing intense persecution. They were experiencing social pressures. They were experiencing even torture, imprisonment, and some even death. And it doesn't get more stressful and pressure-filled than facing persecution and the possibility of death, right? And so Paul wanted to write them to encourage them. Paul himself was facing tremendous stress because he wrote this letter to the Colossians while being under house arrest in prison in Rome. And so Paul has a lot of street cred, right? When he speaks to them and writes to them about stress, he knows what stress is all about. You look at his life in the book of Acts. He knows what dealing with stress is about. And so he could speak into and speak to to encourage the Colossians, and encourage us. Encourage us today with the stress and the pressures we face. And so Paul was awaiting trial for his life. He writes this letter to them. He's never met the Colossians. He had never met them, but one of his friends, co-workers, um, Epaphras, he visits Paul while he's in prison, while he's under house arrest. And, and Epaphras is the one who started the church in, Colossa, in Colossae. And so he started the church, and he, as he's visiting with Paul, shares all that God is doing with the Colossians, but some of the issues and some of the, the pressures and some of the things that the Colossians are, are dealing with. In fact, they were dealing with so much pressure that some of them were starting to walk away from God and walk away from their, pay, from their faith. So Paul writes to encourage them. Basically, we're going to look at uh, Colossians 1, 1 to 14 today. Basically, Paul says, 
when you are experiencing a lot of pressure in your life, when you are un under intense stress, the one thing that will really help you get through it, and not only get through it, but even thrive in it, the one thing that will really help you is having close relationships. When you have close relationships while you're going through a time and a season of stress and pressure, there's the support of people and the relationship you have with them. And not only the support of people and a close relationship with people, but a close relationship with God. A close relationship with God and a close relationship with people, that can really make the difference. Whether you are crushed by pressure, whether you survive pressure, or whether you are even able to thrive in pressure. And so let's get started. We're going to look at Colossians. And we're going to focus first on this idea of developing close relationships with people, with fellow believers, and how that could encourage you in handling stress. You know, when it comes down to it, life is really about connection. It's about relationships with God and relationship with other people. You know, about a month ago, um, or uh, not, not sorry, back in, I think it was in June. Back in June, um, it was a month before Mike Newsom went home to be with the Lord. He and his wife Joni, they came uh, and came to Cafe Fuego. So Cafe Fuego, it's our Saturday morning, like, worship and prayer time. And then they came to Cafe Fuego. And Mike, at that time, he knew that he had stage four very aggressive pancreatic cancer. And so he didn't know how much time he had left. But when he came to Cafe Fuego, he just wanted to share with those of us gathered there. He just wanted to share some things on his heart with us. And so we said, yeah, yeah, Mike, go ahead. Go share. So he, he went up front. And someone, Joni, and actually someone else, I think, Evasia, they videotaped him sharing. So I want to show a portion of Mike Newsom sharing with us that day. So let's watch. There was this, this, this sense of what, you know, he was squeezing my hands, and I just, uh, uh, squeezing the love into me. Mm -hmm. I was, just a beautiful picture of this. You know, uh, there was this real sense of, gosh, he's got more love Uh, 
I recognized that all the fuss of all the ankle bites that we got from our past were dissolved. Mm. Were eliminated. Wow. Uh, there was this incredible outpouring of just love. Mm. There wasn't there wasn't any indication of anything other than just sheer love. Mm. And uh, that was a healing. Then I had So Mike didn't know how much time he had left. In fact, when he shared this, he only had about a month left. But he didn't know how much time he had left. But he knew he was very seriously ill. And the, the one thing he wanted more than anything else was to feel connected with his family, connected with people. You know, I, I've visited many people you know, when they're in the last end of their life. And I don't know anyone who says, man, I wish I worked more. Or I wish I played more golf. Or shoot, I wish I would watch TV a little bit more. <laughs> Every time, it's always about people. The people in their lives the regrets they have, the desire to be close to people. When, when we go through stress and pressures, relationships are critical. Cultivating relationships with, especially with fellow believers that could encourage you. Let's look at Colossians 1, because Paul talks about and demonstrates supporting the Colossians in the relationship and encouraging them. Colossians 1, 1 through 6. This letter is from Paul. So this is Paul writing, identifying himself. Chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I love that. Paul is already uplifting Timothy, his spiritual son, preparing him to take leadership roles. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae. Who are holy people? Who are the holy people? And some translations say it's saints. Who are the saints? The saints are anyone who has received Jesus Christ. That's your identity. That's how God sees you. And in almost every one of Paul's letters, the beginning and the first half of his letters, he reinforces the idea of your identity and my identity in Christ. Because that's so critical to be able to stand under pressure, knowing who you are, knowing who you are, not in the flesh, but knowing who you are in Christ. And you, if you're a believer, you are a holy person. You are a saint. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, holy one. Holy one. Say, hi, saint. Saint and call them a saint, right? Saint Blake, Saint Catherine, Saint Jane, right? Because that's your identity. Paul reinforces that. Let's go on, right? 
who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, may God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you. Paul didn't, hadn't even met them yet. But because of Epaphras' report, he says, we're constantly, always praying for you. And we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people. Now look at this. Which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You know this idea of God reserving stuff for us in heaven? Reserving a place for us in heaven? It's that he has put a sign on your room. He has treasures waiting for you with your name on it. It's like you call a restaurant and you make a reservation, right? They set aside a table that is waiting for you when you get there. God has had it made a reservation for you with all these blessings and treasures and inheritance. Let's go on. You have had this experience ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. So this good news about Jesus Christ and the life and the the future and the blessings and the relationship with God, he is, it's a, this news is going all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it has changed your lives. From the day you first heard it and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. The Colossians were under intense pressure, remember? They were facing persecution. Some of them were even going to their death because of their faith. They were under heat and paul himself wants to encourage them wants to support them wants to speak in to their lives now let me give you three quick ways from this passage that paul encourages them and speaks into them first prayer prayer paul says he's constantly praying for them but paul doesn't just pray for them but he tells them that he's constantly praying for them why because he wants to, them to be encouraged. Wow, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's praying for us continually. He says, we always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know one of my favorite meetings each week? It's our Wednesday prayer meeting online. And there's, just a, there's a few of us that meet, and we meet on Zoom. And we've been meeting for over 10 years, almost every week praying. And you know why I like that group so much? Because over that course of 10 years of constantly praying, and some people we've been praying for for years, keep praying, keep asking, keep seeking, knocking. We've seen many answers to prayer. Some of them miraculous, like, oh my gosh. Seems like every other week we're like, oh my gosh. Because we've been faithfully, and because of that, God has lifted our faith. My faith in that little prayer group, it's, it's higher than it's ever been. When things happen, I go, we gotta sh I got to have Wednesday pray. It's like the best kept secret around. People say, can you have the Wednesday group pray? And, and you know, one of the things we've been praying for is earlier this year, my brother-in-law, he was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer and blood cancer. And so he needed a blood transplant 
I mean, a bone marrow transplant. He, and he needed a lot of other things to go right before he could even get the transplant. And Wednesday prayer, can you pray for him? And, and we, we've been praying for him almost every week. Recently, a couple weeks ago, he had a bone marrow transplant. And he's, he, you know, it's, he's still waiting. We're wait, waiting to see. But that Wednesday prayer, we're praying. And you know what? Almost every week when we pray, I text him. I say, Robert, our group is praying for you. We're just uplifting you, praying for your complete healing. And he, he responds back. And that, among other things and other people in his life, it's really encouraged him in his faith. I think he's a believer, but he wasn't really walking closely with the Lord. But he could see God's hand. So Paul prays for them, but he tells them, I'm praying for you. And when he tells them he's praying, they know he's praying. And it encourages them. Encourages them. And that can encourage us when we're going through pressure, when we're going through stress. Second thing Paul does is perspective. He helps them to have perspective. He helps them to put their pressures into perspective by refocusing their vision on spiritual things, on the eternal things. Verses 4 and 5, he says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You know, when we, we're under pressure and when we're under stress, we could get tunnel vision. We could start just focusing on the issues, the problems, the things we're dealing with. Why me? Why is this happening? And we get so focused on ourselves, on our problems, on our issues. That's when we need a friend. God using a friend to help give us perspective, to help us pull back and see things from a larger perspective. You know, it's kind of like, you know, on, on sports, I like, I like sports. I love the Lakers. Sorry, Damon. Yeah, Damon likes, Damon's a one Clipper fan in the house. So I like to, you know, but you know, on, on Lakers, on that, uh, their channel, they have like, they show rerun games sometimes, right? And sometimes like they, they have the rerun game from uh, one of the playoffs in 2020. That's the year they, you know, they won the championship in the bubble. Right, but they, 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 they'll show reruns. They'll show playoff games from 2020. And, you know, if I watch that game, and, you know, there's a lot happening in the game, and then they lose, right? And then, right, what if I, like, get, start getting anxious? Oh, the Lakers lost. They should have done this better, right? They need to be working on this. Why, they, why can't they, you know, have picked up someone else? And, oh, man, right, the coach, da-da-da-da-da. And you start getting all stressed and anxious. And then maybe my son, Matt, he comes to me and he says, yeah, they won the championship that year. Don't you remember? They lifted the, the trophy. Alex Caruso, he took his shirt off, right? He was like, and they were all partying. And they, I'm like, step back. That's right. Why am I so stressed out? about this because they win they lift the trophy one day 
you're going to lift the trophy. And it's called in 2 Timothy 4.8, the crown of righteousness. Paul says, for all those who love Jesus' appearing, they have reserved for them your own special crown that has your name of it on it. And it's a crown of righteousness. And so Paul encourages them by giving them the eternal perspective. Hey, don't freak out. Don't stress out too much. Step back and look at the eternal perspective. And that can help us to thrive even under pressure. The third thing Paul does is talks about the impact. The impact of God in their lives. Paul recounts how, recounts how their lives have been transformed. Some of them have been were trapped in darkness, in terrible sin, in all these things, and their lives transformed by the love and grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. And he says, not only are their lives being changed, but people all around, their lives are being changed, right? The same new good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. There are people in here I can look at and say, boy, from five years ago, from ten years ago, you are totally different. You are completely different than when you first, when I first met you. That's true for you too. You know, sometimes when we're going through stress and pressure, we forget all the stuff God's done. Not only for us, but in us. And so Paul reminds them, God's at work in you. God has transformed you. I've seen it. I've heard about it from Epaphras. He tells me how there's been amazing things happening in your lives. Sometimes we need someone to remind us when we're going through these stress and pressures, hey, God is with you. I've seen him work in your life. Have hope. Keep your head up because God's moving, God's working. So when we're under pressure, we need people in our lives. In the next section, Paul talks about not people so much, but he says, when you're under pressure, People are good. God can use people. But the most important is having a close relationship with God. Because God can make all the difference of how you handle stresses in your life. Let's look at Colossians, the next section. Colossians 1, 9 to 14. So we have not stopped praying for you. Paul says again, haven't stopped praying for you. We're continuing to pray for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will you know this idea when he says complete knowledge of his will it's idea we're praying that god would cram as much insight and spiritual understanding into your mind as he can it's the picture of a net that's just overflowing with fish packed with fish in it he's saying we're praying that that's the kind of spiritual wisdom and insight and understanding that God gives you about his will and his ways and his perspective and his truths. 
complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. And it's not human wisdom. He's talking about supernatural spiritual insight that you could only see with your spirit. You could only see it with your spirit. There's these truths because God's kingdom and God's perspective is upside down, opposite from the world. So you can't look at it from the world's perspective. He says he wants to be first as last. He wants, wants to be greatest as, as servant of all, right? He, he says these opposites because it's from a spiritual perspective. And Paul's praying, we pray that you would have that kind of revelation from the Holy Spirit in your life. He says, then, verse 10, if you're able to do that, as much as God's able to cram into you, if you have that perspective, that insight, that revelation, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. If you have the revelation, the insight, if you're seeing things from a spiritual, heavenly kingdom perspective, he says, your life will reflect that. Your life will produce fruit. You will get to know God more and more and more. He goes on, verse 11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. He doesn't say, oh, just, could you just give him a little power? He says that you might be strengthened with all God's glorious power. All of it. All of it. That you might experience that. So that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. You think if you're experiencing all the glorious power of God, you think you will be stressed out in this life? You think the pressures will get to you in this life if you have all his glorious power? No. He has enabled you to share, or may you be filled with joy. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us. Listen to this. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. All of us were part and in and sons and daughters of the kingdom of darkness at one time. Trapped, condemned by our sin, by our wrongs, by our lack of honoring of God. All of us. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God has taken us out of that power, freed us from that kingdom of darkness, and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. What is Paul talking about here? It sounds strange, right? It sounds weird. You wouldn't, you wouldn't read this in any school textbook. Because this is spiritual revelation. It's spiritual wisdom. And what Paul is saying is that when you received Jesus Christ, you became a totally brand new person inside. Your identity inside was completely changed. You became at that point a son or daughter of the king of kings, 
an heir. He says you have an inheritance. That means you have a right, a privilege and a right to access all the blessings of God. Because you're his son and you're his daughter. You're his heir. And it's, it's kind of like you're a citizen now. You were born into a completely different country. A completely different kingdom. And what God wants to do is he wants to move through his spirit through us and teach us how to think like a new person, how to speak like a new person, how to act like a new person, the perspective of a new person. It's like all of a sudden you're born in, a, in the United States, all of a sudden you are born in Nigeria and you're a Nigerian. And it's a completely different culture. And what God is trying to do and God wants to do is to grow you to be like Jesus. So you can think and see and, and, and behave and act like the person you are, the citizen of this God says, a citizen of heaven. And there's only one way to learn that. It's by cultivating and working hard to cultivate your relationship with God. Your personal relationship with God. Here are three, three things Three, real quick, I'm going to give you three things to help you develop that personal relationship with God. Number one, remind yourself that you're a spiritual person. That you, when you accepted Christ, your spirit was made alive. So you're primarily a spiritual person. Before that, you were just soul and body. But now you have a spirit that's alive. And God made your spirit alive so that you can live out of your spirit, not, just, not out of your flesh. And so we need to be remind ourselves, I'm a spiritual person. I need to see things according to the spirit. I need to think according to the spirit. I need to walk and live and act according to the spirit. Number two, Work hard at developing two-way communication with God. This is critical. So many people I know, their relationship with God is just this, one way. Us to him. He saved me, now it's just me to him. It's just a one-way communication. Think about if you had a friend. You had a friend, and you would talk to this friend, but they never talked back. They never responded. They never talked back to you. They never communicated. You kind of could just see evidence. Maybe once in a while you see them. They made, you know, sent you a little package or something. But that was the extent of your relationship. It was just one way. Do you think that relationship is going to last? No. You know what it's going to feel like? This is boring. 
I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm putting into this, I don't, nothing's coming back. That's how a lot of people's relationship with God is like. So I, 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 it's hard for me to pray. Hard for me to read my Bible. Hard for me to do all these things. You know why? It's boring because it's just one way. Now that you're a spiritual person, you can hear the Lord's voice. You can hear the Holy Spirit. It's like you have the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit, God, wants to communicate with you. You know, Moses, in the Old Testament, gave an amazing picture of this. Moses, every day, he would go into the tent of meeting. You know what that tent of meeting, what was the tent of meeting about? Meeting. It's about meeting with God. He would go into a tent, the cloud of God's presence would come down. He would commune with God. You know when you read about Moses? You go, he had a two-way communication when he saw the burning bush. It's like he dictated, God said this, God said this. God gave these instructions. Why? Because God was speaking to him. And you know, in the kingdom of God, Moses is like the least. Because he was the old covenant. That is just the starting point. That is just the, the picture of what God wants for us. Two-way communication. And one thing I encourage you to do, I challenge you to do this. If there's anything from this message, if you just say, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do this. Every day for a month, 30 days, spend five, 10 minutes with the Lord, and you just ask the Lord, God, how do you see me? How do you feel about me? What do you think of me? And whatever comes to your mind, you just write it down. Don't write something like, oh, is that really from God? I don't know, because that kills it. <laughs> that kills the flow of the spirit. You know what we're doing? We're getting into our flesh. We're trying to think from a human perspective. We're trying to analyze it. You can't hear the Lord from your flesh. Just write down. And then, maybe after a week, just take it to someone you respect and trust spiritually and say, what, what do you think of this? Do you think this is from God? And have them guide you. Look in the, look in the Bible. Say, Try that for, for a month. Because once you start hearing the Lord this way, experiencing the Lord this way, that will transform your relationship with him. It's no longer boring. Because God always is speaking to me. Loving, telling me loving words, affirming who I am. God is. That makes all the difference. Um, I'm going too long. We're going to stop here. Um, have a worship team come up. Today, we are starting something new. Um, there is a brand new prayer team. We have so many prayer teams, I'm so excited, it's so awesome. Um, but Kyle Anima, he just, you, you've heard him give some messages on it, he shared. Because uh, he felt prompted, and Jody, they felt prompted. They wanted to start a healing prayer team. 
So every third Sunday of the month, there's going to be a team up here specifically that feels called to pray for people to receive physical healing. Okay, physical healing. Now, you, you could come up. They're not going to say no, 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 no if you come up with another need. They're going to pray for you, but it's primary for physical healing. On the second and fourth Sunday, they're going to have prayer teams pray for anything. But on the third Sunday, and today we're starting it for the first time. For the first time. And so I want to encourage you, if you've never, if you have some physical need, phys- physical ailment, something you're dealing with, I want to encourage you to come up and receive prayer. If you've tried it once and you and you didn't feel like you got healed, you know, God says, ask, seek, and knock. Don't just stop at one. Say, God, I want my healing. I want my inheritance. I, I want, I'm going to, I want to ask you just to, to touch this physical ailment in me. So I encourage you. And to kick off this time, this morning, um, Elena Padilla, she, she just prayed. Um, the, the intercessors felt like they wanted Elena to pray, and she prayed, and it was like, whoa. You could feel the release of the Holy Spirit. And we desire more of the Holy Spirit to move. And so I, I felt, I think Elena's supposed to kind of release this time. So Elena is going to come up, and um, one thing they, we did is, or they did is, they wa- wanted her to speak in her um, language of, of birth, of origins, which is Spanish. So, um, so yeah, I just asked Elena to come up and just, just pray in Spanish, but really pray in the spirit and kind of release the spirit to usher into this time of worship and ministry. So, yeah. Thank you, Pastor. Segunda de Timoteo 1, 7 y 9, porque no nos has dado espíritu de cobardía, sino de poder, de amor y dominio propio. Por tanto, no te avergüences de dar testimonio de nuestro Señor ni de preso suyo, sino participa de las aflicciones porque el Evangelio según el poder de Dios, quien nos salvó y llamó como llamamiento santo, no conforme a nuestras obras, sino según el propósito suyo y la gracia que nos fue dada en Cristo Jesús antes de los tiempos de los siglos. So Dios no nos ha dado el poder, Dios nos da, ha dado poder y dominio propio. So en este momento yo te pido Espíritu Santo que tú tomes control, que tú abras todo corazón. Espíritu Santo yo te pido que vengas aquí, que reines. Abre las ventanas de los cielos, Espíritu Santo, Redentor, tú eres Rey de Reyes y Señor de Señores. Heme aquí, heme aquí, envíame a mí, Espíritu Santo. Oh, Señor Jesús, tú eres aquí y limpia este altar, bendice este altar, Espíritu Santo, porque tú nos has llamado a ser hijos tuyos, tú nos has llamado a predicar la palabra, a ministrar, a sanar por el enfermo y él va a sanar a ir a visitar al preso, a darle comida al que está hambriento, porque cada uno de los que estamos aquí tenemos un llamado y ese llamado es ir a las naciones, 
es ir y bendecir al vecino, es ir y bendecir al que está dolido de corazón Soy yo te pido iglesia que te levantes en el nombre de Jesús y en el nombre de Jesús se han rotas las cadenas Porque aquí hay un Dios de poder, aquí hay un Dios vivo, aquí hay un Dios a quien hay que exaltar, aquí hay un Dios que es Toda la gloria y, a la, y la alabanza Soy yo te pido que te levantes iglesia Y en el nombre poderoso de Jesús Recibe la, la unción de Cristo Jesús Recibe el fuego del Espíritu Recibe la unción Levántate iglesia que yo vengo pronto Levántate, escucha mi voz y sígueme Deja tu, tu yugo atrás Sígueme, deja tus cargas Veme a mí que yo soy tu padre, veme a mí que yo soy tu proveedor, mírame a mí que yo veo por ti, Créeme, cree en mí que yo soy tu padre, Abba, dice tu palabra clama a mí yo te responderé y te enseñaré cosas que tú no conoces. Él escudriña tu corazón Soy yo te pido que tú vengas a este altar Él está aquí Deja que la presencia de Dios fluya Él está aquí Bendícelo, ámalo Aquí vinimos a alabar un Dios de poder Aquí vinimos a darle toda la gloria y la alabanza So deja que entre a tu corazón yo bendigo este altar, yo bendigo esta iglesia y con el poder y la autoridad que Dios me ha dado Yo bendigo este servicio en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo Amén The most important relationship that you will ever have is your relationship with God Cultivate that relationship because he can make a difference in how you handle stress, pressure, every area of your life. He can make a complete difference. So we're going to worship now. And if you, prayer team, come on up if you want to receive prayer. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It would be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything and be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.